Kathy, why are you talking like that? I don't know. I'm just sort of thinking about you driving a car. <laughs> you Maybe you could buy it. Maybe one. I'll be a nudger. What if I start driving and I turn out to be a nudger? That Boy, would be awful. Do they ever nudge in Rome? Oh. They don't just nudge, they run over. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty aggressive drivers, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I wanted to drive over there. <laughs> <laughs> you would fit right in, honey. You would fit right in. Speaking of driving, yes. I have a little uh, news from MIT for you. From Nora's good friends at MIT. From my good, close personal friends at MIT. <laughs> uh, they are doing so many interesting things that have a lot to do with just kind of experimental visions of how... Um, cutting-edge technologies and robots in particular are potentially going to interact with us. And so this was a research um, project that's ongoing called AIDA, which is an in-car personal robot. Uh, AIDA stands for Affective Intelligent Driving Agent. So basically the idea... Not to be confused with the opera. (laughs) That's right, exactly. It sits in your dashboard and it kind of comes to know your driving habits, like where you work, where you live, where you go to buy groceries, etc. And it can kind of relate to you and communicate with you and and stuff like this. So this scenario that they paint for one possible option, Asaf Biderman, the associate director, says... Within a week, AIDA will have figured out your home and work location. Soon afterward, the system will be able to direct you to your preferred grocery store, suggesting a route that avoids a street fare-induced traffic jam. So basically, it's bringing together like the GPS, the knowledge of what your habits are, real-time updates from the world around you. And this is a lot of what their project is, is trying to make more intelligent cities that uh, no more... You, <laughs> what are you going to tell me? Two words, Nora! Skynet. <laughs> I was thinking Terminator doesn't have two words. <laughs> it's an interesting collaboration because it's these sensible city people who are um, trying to design ways to have more reactive, responsive cities. So the idea is, what if you have a GPS-enabled device in your car and you have all this updated information about where the traffic is and so on? That that, that could good. help you a lot, right? In in that sense, and it's also collaborating with some of the people behind the sort of human-robot interaction-friendly robots, so that human beings don't get freaked out about our new robot overlords. No, when you get your new car, Mm -hmm. do you really want a robot in the dashboard saying, hi, Nora, reading your mood? (gasps) I have another word, demon seed. (laughs) (laughs) No, what I immediately thought of was uh, Clippy, that... Microsoft little clip icon, you know, it could potentially be kind of irritating. Actually, you know, a while ago I interviewed uh, Linda Stone on for Spark, and she was making the point about how cars can use sort of game. I think she was using the example of Prius. (laughs) I'm really getting your goat this time. Uh, She's the example of how the Prius uses sort of not elaborate games, but just that whole idea of like how human beings are kind of hardwired to try and respond to like little puzzles and challenges. Obviously, I'm not a regular human being. (laughs) So she was suggesting doing something like that with cars, which I thought could be more, because what you really want is something that can deliver you that real-time information but not be totally intrusive. I don't know. Like, I thought it was really great to have it for the traffic. There is a very big part of me that would like to have my CRV GPS enabled for, like, trips to the States or if I was going to New York or something. But then also, what happens to the excitement about pulling over to the side of the road in an absolute (laughs) frothing rage, not knowing where you are and having to figure it out? There are always those stories about people who um, put in some place on a GPS and basically follow it blindly and end up in a ditch or something because it's told them to take... 
a particular yeah, yeah. route that's not, I mean, that, that, in that sense, that idea of like taking away from your own intelligence of how to navigate the, the world around you is a bit ridiculous. That but, actually happened. But this, I mean, the reason I point to AIDA is because I think Aida. it really is a trend that we're going to start to see more of these assistance for driving and stuff. Yeah, I also think that they'll have breathalyzers in it and there'll be ways to control. If you're like, mm -hmm. there's a child in the car, you're smoking. Then they'll be able to watch you because we've talked about things like this on the sniffer before, like back about twenty years ago <laughs> in an earlier episode. Sorry, Dan. I guess we that's a little too self-referential. <laughs> we were talking about the robots in the Gremlin or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I liked it, but no. I think you know. I think as long over. as you can set your own parameters for how intrusive it is, uh, what kind of input it can give you, I think that could really be helpful. I have just a very, very quick, quick update. Just something I thought that was really cute. It is something that I saw on Gizmag, as I've been wont to do from <laughs> Once time or to twice time. before. Yeah, and we, you know, we've talked about biomimicry in the past. Mm -hmm. Well, we Which all... Is, we should say is, is design of buildings and structures and engineering... To be looked ...modeling like on natural processes. Yeah. yeah. Very nicely put, Nora. Thank you. <laughs> so this is a lot of people take issue with the way that vertical axis wind turbines work. Mm -hmm. And we all know what a wind turbine looks like. And what they basically, like with the, some people don't like the way it looks, and other people say, well, you know, actually, they only, that particular design of a turbine can only capture 30% of the wind power. Hmm. So they're saying, now, apparently you can't, it's theoret theoretically impossible to get more than 50%, but they have come up with a technique. Actually, and that thing is called, that law is called Betz's law. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, so this company, and I think its name is Green Wavelength, what they've done is they've created this little, it's called an XB prototype, and it looks like a little bee. So it kind of goes, when you want, there's a little video on it, and it's so, it looks almost like bird wings to begin with, but yeah. the way it actually moves is in these little, each sort of wing moves in a kind of a figure eight kind of That's looping right. around theoretically to catch more wind, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, although, did you look at the comments? No. People were very scathing about it, saying it was a piece of shite and it would never work. Oh. <laughs> but I think that's what they well, always say. The concept, darling. The no, concept. The concept. It's all about yes. the concept. I wonder what ever happened to that floating gem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's it for this edition of The Sniffer. Yes, and I mean, regardless, <laughs> I think regardless of whether that one thing works or not, the, the trend towards biomimicry is, is definitely everywhere. everywhere now. Yeah, and I think it's a lovely thing. Mm -hmm. Don't you know? And we smelled it here first. <laughs> 20 years ago, I had the sniffer. Not mad. Bye. Check out the blog for links to these stories and more. Bye-bye.